people. We're finally back. I know you guys have been waiting for so long for Out of the Rough Golf to be back. And today is the day. Just sitting at the edge of their seats for months. <laughs> yeah, they've been <laughs> sitting at the edge of their seats for months. And we're here. The day has finally come. And today is the day that... Uh, well, you guys have been waiting clearly for this thing. You guys all know why we're here. <laughs> and we're here, obviously, to kind of update you on the FedEx Cup standings. <laughs> and I want to let everyone know that the boy Sung JM is sitting at the top of it. Jesus. We're not going down a Sung J tangent already, <laughs> are we? I mean, jeez, man. <laughs> I feel like the important thing now is to get the, the, the key things covered up front. And that's that the boy is taking care of business. I <laughs> like that we just had a conversation about what do you want to talk about, and there was no Sunday conversation. I had ulterior motives. <laughs> yeah. Sneaky <laughs> motherfucker. All right. Well, it is we Sunday the of the match two just happened when it was uh, Tiger Woods and Tom – or actually Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning versus Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. And I think, I think we were all pretty pleasantly surprised at the – product yeah without the, a doubt the match but way better than we expected yeah i i it was better than i expected um I, honestly the bickering back and forth was better than i expected like after the first match and then after driving relief like i was not expecting much from like trash talking I and stuff like that having three and a half people like really helps versus having just two people and i say three and a half because tom brady is half there <laughs> <laughs> But he's a hundred percent there physically, <laughs> mentally to be determined. Um, but yeah, I think that makes a huge difference. I think having you know a couple kind of vivacious personalities in Barkley and JT being on the outside kind of contributing helps a lot too. You didn't really have that same kind of presence and jovial attitude at the other match, but yeah, I think this worked a lot better. I think they learned from their shortcomings in the last match and really improved with this one yeah having having four people definitely you know cut down on the lack of like talk from the original match like there were a lot of like dead dead air on the yeah. one with with tiger and phil only um but yeah i guess that, you know they're they're learning from the past and you know making him making them better and improving them yeah every time for sure when i think a major part of it that i don't know if we talked about much is that there wasn't anything on the line, so I think we got a more jovial Tiger because he wasn't in competition Tiger robot mode. We got to see the fun side of, I'm just out here with the boys having a little fun, and we can jaw back and forth and, and play the game. Yeah, I was having the same thought, too, about how there's not as much ego on the line with the first one, where it was like, you know, $9 million on the line, winner takes all kind of thing, where this is like, it's all for charity. Like, go out there, have fun, like, make a great product. And if you can win, awesome. If you don't, like, y you can blame it on your partner. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, I was playing with Tom Brady, whatever, Peyton yeah. Manning, whoever. Yeah. Well, me. And, and also, like, considering, like, at the very beginning of the day, like, it w it looked like it wasn't going to happen, potentially, from the weather and yeah. everything. So I'm glad, like, they got it done. They finished the match. And, uh, yeah, I mean, for those of you that didn't watch it and don't even know, which I doubt, if you're listening to this, you didn't watch or don't know who won, but they're clearly here for just out of the rough, and they don't—they're not gonna watch that. Yeah, not worried about the match. <laughs> it's uh—it was Tiger Woods and Peyton ended up taking it home on the 18th hole. Um, 
which I was just happy to see the match go to the 18th hole. Okay, I mean, I, yeah. it wasn't necessarily the outcome I wanted, but it was a good match, and it was looking bleak at the beginning. So, Well, yeah, whether it was, you know, whether it was going to be a blowout and it was looking bleak because of that or if it was going to be possibly not happening because of the weather, I think we should definitely just go ahead and say that they were exceptionally um, resilient given the circumstances. And I think they did a great job of just keeping this event on the rails in general, considering all the other variables at play, whereas I think this would have thrown off a lot of other productions. Yeah, and in, uh, another thing that just I'm thinking of right now is in the original match, did Tiger and Phil have earpieces in like they did this time? I think that's a new addition. No, right? I don't think that they did. Um, I think that I think that, that works really well, though, have, being able to have the – you know, announcers or whatever you want to say, the on-course entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, being able to speak to into their ear directly, um, it was cool. For, you know, them getting on the cart and being able to be like, hey, how was that for you? And Tiger <laughs> yeah. getting to ignore it completely yeah. almost every or, time. Or them not having the earpiece in and whatnot, you know. But the times that it did work out, it was cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and the, the cool thing as well is that it was almost like based on the demand of the player, right? Like if they right. had it in, they were interested in talking. They probably should develop some sort of like signaling system where it's like if they had their earpiece in, they can like hit a button like, hey, I have it in kind of thing. Right. Um, or it was way different from in the previous match where they would have people kind of talk to him on course, which he kind of throws off their pace. They have to like walk with the pace. Like it just doesn't necessarily work in the same way. And whenever they tried to do it, it never felt as good as the one that were just coming in through the ear because they felt like they were still on their own versus – you know, when Tom Brady was getting asked questions from Amanda and like a cart over, you know, as good as the questions were, as like easy as she was making it be, it just didn't have the same. I don't know. I didn't feel the the same way. So I think uh, I think this earpiece thing worked pretty well, given when all the things were aligned. Yeah, no question. I think it was a great addition, and they they executed. And I think they I, they talked a lot about having the freedom for the players to take it out, so those guys didn't feel pressured to be on all mm -hmm. the time and or even having people talking in your ear when you're about right. to get a shot potentially or yeah, something like yeah. that um i would like to like hear their opinions on sorry if there was a little background noise here yeah, we got thunderstorms here but uh there, yeah there might be some crackling um on and off throughout this podcast um but what i was saying i'd like to hear the opinion of the players like how potentially uncomfortable it was actually having to wear like the battery pack and the mic on while they were playing like if that was something that was implemented on tour at, at like in like featured groups or something like that like would they actually even be into that in a competitive round which i think most of them probably wouldn't be into that it looked like the the packs for their microphones were a lot more cumbersome and bulky than the ones they use in driving relief mm -hmm. like the product turned out better for theirs once again apologies for the thunder sounds um but I, I think you could get a lot of players that would weigh the benefit of having themselves mic'd up on tour in the sense of like, this is going to raise my brand. Like I can get people more, know more and more about me as a brand or as a person, as a player. And I think if it, if you kind of got used to it, I think some players would do it. Not like the big players that might not need the help, but like having someone like Joel Damon or someone that like has a great personality that might want to be on mic. And honestly, you could honestly probably get away with micing up only the caddies. Yeah, like talk about putting mic hot mics on the bags, yeah, and then having them be like shotgun mics, we could just point them at the player. Yeah, or not even that, just having them on the caddies, because really the only conversation that you want to hear is between the player and the caddy most of the time, right? Mm -hmm. So, 
that mic's probably going to be able to pick up what the player's saying, you know, most of the time enough to be able to hear it, you know. Yeah. My thought is kind of like we just talked about with this wasn't a competitive round and these guys were they were into creating a good product. They weren't really worried about playing winning golf. I don't know if you've got somebody who is actually worried about staying in a round and posting a score, how willing they would be to sign up for something like that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think the majority of them wouldn't want to do that. You could get that unless there was an incentive. Or unless you were just straight up forced by the tour to do it. Right, that would be the the other option. I just don't know if they want to logistically implement that many mics on every person when the the mass public only cares about 15 of them that's why i'd say that's why right. i was saying it'd be and featured I, groups right well, the and then there's a, a would, an advantage for someone that doesn't have a mic exactly. on exactly so i don't yeah. know if you can really force it on players because they could you know petition that it's a disadvantage for yeah. them to wear it yeah um and it's a player run league so they could so pretty much it's just this isn't going to be something that we're going to get very often so you should appreciate right. it and i think <laughs> we should also take into consideration that this is this sort of thing really shines in these circumstances sure where it's going to get a lot of like jabbing and ribbing on the other players and lo- lots of trash talk back and forth where you have phil having to explain a lot of intricacies about the golf game to someone who doesn't understand them is asking questions this lends itself really well to that sort of cross dialogue Whereas the tour, there's so much subtext that doesn't need to be explained by a player in a caddy um, that I don't think it's going to thrive as well on the public stage of that. I would love for it to still be a thing, but this kind of packaging and product that they did today is way more suited to that sort of technology being used. Yeah, and it's proof of concept what they just did. I think there's a, a huge list of professional athletes and celebrities who are golfers and good players where you could do more events like this with different big name pros you know jt and spieth are going out with Mm -hmm. steph and tony romo or what like you you, this could be a regular event not associated with the tour well no the smart thing is is that the tour has to embrace this as a side model and start figuring out a way that they can start turning these on when the players would have otherwise not been focusing on the tour taking time off because at the end of the day, the players are pretty much beholden to what the tour will allow them to do. For sure. Because, I mean, if, you want, if you're a PGA Tour pro and you want to go play on the European Tour, you have to ask the PGA Tour to let you. Right. And they'll give you either acceptance or den- denial for that. And that would be the same for something like this. So it needs to become a tour-run thing, and they have to do it in collaboration with someone like you know Time Warner or whoever's running the production of these sorts of things. And then whatever foundation or charity is being done at the same time, or if they're going to make it a straight-up money game. I don't know. Yeah. but. I think there's obviously a demand for these sorts of things. I think the ratings will show that. Yes, you have to take into account COVID and whatever else, but I think people clearly enjoyed this, whether it's looking at Twitter or other social media or just the different people that are chiming in just from the celebrity circle. Like People are watching this that aren't traditional golf fans. No question. And like you said, of course, we have to factor in the times, but I I do think there is that draw a, a thousand percent. It would be interesting to see if they, they do find a way to run with it. Yeah, and look, this was a great showcasing of golf. Like, it, I think this had a great blend of really talented golfers pulling off cool shots, whether it's Phil's drive on that drivable par four, or if it's, you know, Tiger's bunker shot that he hit, or just a bazillion other things that they had done that showed great golf at the same time, showing that clear disparity between your average golfer, and they're not even average golfers, they're good golfers. Single-digit handicap isn't easily attainable for very many people. So um, that sort of disparity is really cool to see in contrast side by side, and I think that gives a lot more perspective to how good these pros actually are. Right, and it was fun to watch Tom and Peyton have some of these shots where, as an average guy, you can think, like, 
oh shit, man, all he can think about is that water on the right. He's got to aim up way less. And thinking about it, how you would actually think about it and knowing they were having those thoughts instead of like, oh yeah, he's just going to play a butter cut over the water, land it three feet away and make the birdie putt. Like that was a lot of fun to me. That was one of the highlights and seeing them Dude, hitting bad tee shots. And Peyton all that. Manning is a, a legitimate like stick. We now have hail, folks, so if you hear other things, we have thunderstorms <laughs> and hail happening. Yeah. I did see this on, on Twitter that it was hailing in downtown Austin, so yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, my yeah. car's okay outside. Yep, that's, uh, that's unfortunate. They're, well, yeah, so we I got good, like, <laughs> they're, they're, they're pebble-sized like, hail right now. Yeah, they're, like, the size of, like, a large green pea, like... Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Moving on. Distracted. Yeah. <laughs> a little distracted. Um, but like I was saying, it's cool seeing that disparity and that difference between the two players. And it would show that like any person can really hit an incredible golf chart too. And like the glaring obvious example of that is Tom Brady's hole out from you know hundred plus yards or whatever it was. It's pretty incredible to see that happen considering how bad he was playing before that. Yeah, I mean he it literally he. I, I didn't know if he was going to make it through the round before that. Like, <laughs> yeah. he was getting frustrated. Yeah. He had to have more than a dozen balls in his bag. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and then it was like he he got chirped at by fucking Chuck, and I guess a, a switch flipped, and all of a sudden he was the best golfer on the course at the, that given moment. <laughs> I am dreading this, and just I'll put this out there right now. Massive Tom Brady detractor sitting yeah. on this side of the table. I am just absolutely dreading the heart of a champion, Tom Brady, digging deep like a true champion he is. Chuck chirps at him. He bounces back and holds it. Like, I I just, it's haunting my dreams already. Yeah, uh, that was definitely one of the highlights for sure. Me and Kid freaking jumped off the couch and were, like, screaming just from sheer shock. Like, neither of us were, like, that stoked that Tom Brady, like, made a crazy shot. It was just, like the complete turnaround from how he was playing and then that happening just yeah. and it was such a good shot like his tempo was perfect he hit down on the ball took a nice little divot and then it backspun into the hole it wasn't like a it was a it co- wasn't like a, a a gimmicky like hole out like no it was a legit yeah. hole out like the it would if you didn't know any better you would have thought that was a tour player playing that shot yeah and all 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 while the fucking mic was falling off yeah the mic yeah. the battery pack was yeah. coming off the receiver that, uh, and he split his pants from Tom torque Brady? apparently what, i did not see this yeah, yeah whatever tom brady didn't bring like in dialogue or like ribbing or whatever else or like just him like being vocal like he definitely brought a lot of entertainment from his golf game yeah good and bad yeah well, well we can all relate to having that bad round and then you hit that one shot and you're like oh I yeah, I know how again. to do this. Like, yeah, I'm coming back. I, I got this. Yeah. That shot keeps that you keeps hooked. you coming back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure uh, – I mean, that you brought up that drive that Phil had onto the drivable par four. He landed it, like, four pe- feet past the pin. Like, and he in, called it instant. in there. He's like, it's going to be a touch long. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Over the tree. he was dead right. Um, he throws enough of those random things out there that eventually one hits. Right. But <laughs> – but I'm sure uh, another thing on Tom Brady making that eagle putt, like I'm sure that, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. he was hyping that, and he know, had a good little stretch there where he was making they, helping they start, the team out. They started ham and egging it pretty yeah. well. Yeah. And I mean, to be honest, Phil's like a perfect personality for something like this too. Like as much as I don't really mesh with his personality or like a lot of the stuff that he does, 
he brings so much entertainment value with just being over the top with his explanations and being like over intellectual with so many things. But it makes for good descriptive filler, and it does provide a lot of in-depth kind of analysis to what's happening. And I think one unsung hero of this, and it's not unsung, people are praising him for it, but JT was fantastic. And I think his ability to bounce off other players and not only being able to understand what they're going through and see what they see in intricacies, he knows how to ask the right questions because he knows what they're thinking. Yeah. So he's not asking for himself, he's asking for the audience, but he knows exactly what Phil's going to say, he knows how to probe deeper, and at the same time he was able to be kind of a little bit of an asshole. Not yeah. only yeah. to the players, but also at Chuck. Yeah, yeah that <laughs> was definitely another highlight where he called Chuck a fat ass. <laughs> you'd like to see him dunk right now. Yeah. yeah. No, that was that was awesome. JT sure. was gold, and whoever's idea that was, they definitely deserve a raise. I think that that really played a huge part it in like the he product was we got. Tons of fun. I yeah. think that was more of JT reaching out to say he wants to do that as opposed well, to someone reaching. Be a part of it. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah. yeah, I I just I don't I have no idea if that's the case. I just feel like that might yeah. be the case. I wouldn't be surprised either. I think a lot of things align for it. He's a member there, so he knows the course well. Yeah. Yeah. He's fairly close with Tiger. Yeah, and the fact of the matter is, is that. You know, he plays with Tom Brady golfing, too. So it's not yeah. like he knows him pretty well. You could tell that whenever he was poking fun at one of the amateurs, it was always Tom Brady. Yeah. Right. And he had he obviously spent time with him enough to know that like he was not going to get actually pissed at him. Right. There was some moment early on in the round where JT said something to Tom Brady. I can't remember what it was, but it seemed like Tom Brady like kind of got butt hurt from it. But. I don't remember it, but it, I'm sure it, it happened. And he yeah. was kind of kicking him when he was down. I don't yeah. remember the exact word, but it was like – it's the same thing when you're with your buddies. Like, I'm going to jab at you when we're playing, but if I go double, 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 maybe now's not the yeah. time to make a joke about my driver swing. Yeah. Speaking of which, why doesn't why doesn't Tom Brady have a driver in his bag? Like, He obviously can't control the mix. I was going to say, as somebody dispersion. who's been plagued by, you know, adding two strokes a hole for five holes in a row. Sometimes you just you gotta think pull he took it, out. it. Do you think he took it out of his bag because he can't help himself that he just grabs the driver even though he shouldn't be grabbing it because he goes OB or I just has to take a lateral every the, time. The, so the, he was like, "I'm playing on TV. I'm I don't want to go OB, so I'm just gonna leave the driver at home and I'm not even gonna bring that's it." That's a that's a possibility. I think a funnier possibility would be like, "I just don't want Phil to force me into doing it." Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to take that option off the table. So I was playing in a tournament with my dad back home. And the driver was not there at all. Yeah. And my dad took my driver out of my golf bag and put it in our competitor's golf cart. And he <laughs> said, you can give that back to him on 18. I <laughs> hope to God Phil did some version of that where he said, Tom, you're not taking driver. Three viable <laughs> options and yeah. possibilities that could yeah. have occurred. Um, but let's not forget that Phil looked like shit on the front nine, too. Like it t I feel like it took to the back nine. Or it was a best ball scenario. Like yeah. Yeah. It was on him to m win some holes as well. Um, we should say, though, that like among the two amateurs, Peyton Manning was killing it. Yeah, he was, oh my he God. was a stick, man. Yeah, that his shot on 16 was one of the prettiest golf shots. Definitely had some. He had two close shots on par three. Yes. Yeah. He won them some seriously clutch, and then holes. made a birdie putt. Like I think I thought his putting was good all day. Like he was having good pace. Like I liked how he was taking putter when he was off the green too. Like yeah, playing old, to his strengths. Wedge. Yeah. Um. And yeah, uh, I was I was definitely impressed with Peyton's game for sure. 
He played like somebody who's very wealthy and retired. Yeah. <laughs> he was playing a lot of golf. Yeah. yeah. And he clearly is someone who does well under pressure as w- and, you know, doesn't mind having a lot of attention on him while he's playing. Um, it's always nice to have a shot. Like, obviously, with his irons, he plays a draw, and he, like, is fairly confident that the ball's going to draw every time, you yeah. know? And that's always nice to have. Like, yeah. whenever you're playing golf and you know what your fucking irons are going to do every time, like, at least the shot shape, yeah. you yeah. tend to play better. Yeah. You know? Having confidence in what direction your ball's going to miss is the key thing. Like, if I'm yeah. going to draw this, I'm going to overdraw it. Like, yeah. this is whatever is going to happen. Well, and it was interesting to me that he said after the round that he's been uncomfortable since before they teed off. He looked comfortable out there. Like I never got the impression that, like, oh, God, he's terrified well, this probably, is a heavy it's shot. It's probably in relative to what he's used to, right? Like, right. he probably feels uncomfortable versus how he probably felt four months ago. Because at the end of the day, I'm sure they're playing less golf over COVID than yeah. when they were playing before, you know? Well, at least maybe not Tiger. But Yeah. Um, can we jump to the fact that Tiger looked incredible? Yeah. Like, for someone who just opted out of playing the players because he didn't feel like he was there yet, he looked really healthy. Is he he was driving the ball really straight did for he, Tiger. Yeah. Like did he miss a fairway? I know they said on 14 that he hadn't yet. He hit a lot of fairways. He hit 18. Yeah. So. And then his irons were typical irons from Tiger, you know, yeah. pretty, yeah. The only pretty thing, good. The only thing that really just didn't look that great from him today was just his work around the greens. Yeah. It, it wasn't quite what it needed to be. But at the end of the day, they were playing in torrential rains. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the weather has been biblical there yeah. and here. Yeah. Well, and I think Chuck very awkwardly asked Tiger about how good this break has been for his body. And <laughs> yeah. I, I think it definitely showed that it, it has been really good for him. He's, he looked loose. He looked comfortable. He's an older guy. It, wasn't, yeah. time off. it wasn't just Chuck. At the very beginning, Amanda Balionis yeah. tried to ask him about his back, and that was just an awkward exchange in general. That one was like, on Tiger, I think. But Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But Tiger's just an awkward guy in general, too. Right. Even the, the check ceremony at the end, like, it was pretty much a regurgitation of the same thing that everyone else had said, just again. So yeah, he, ha- he had a script. He's like, oh, stick to the yeah. this phrase about how lucky but, we are. And, I mean, I'm still just gobsmacked, stunned at how well this went. And I never expected these things to go well. I feel like I was kind of reassured with that, with driving relief. Um I like what they did. They raised a bunch of money for charity. At the end of the day, I like watching live golf if it's possible. But I never had high expectations for things. And that kind of reassured me that, like, this is about what I should expect from these events, what I got from Driving Relief. And then this just exceeded it. Can we talk about margin. Driving Relief a little bit? Because, I sure. mean, two of my Wolfpack were in that. Yeah. 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 And ahead, also, also, just, like, you could say it was, like, easy. Like, it made sense because they're on TaylorMade. But, like. I've liked Matt Wolf for a long time, and the fact that somehow they, him and Rick, came together it to could be, have just as easily been Rom. So yeah, it could cool have been Rom. But and and the fact that Ricky recently changed to just play tailor-made balls. I mean, not real recently, but like a year ago or something, yeah. right? Like, so they may have never been on the same team, anyways. You know, I, yeah. I don't know. It was just crazy that both like my main two guys were on a team together. They ended up losing, but like. Ricky probably shouldn't have shanked that fucking ball on 18 <laughs> I mean, or 17. But or you whatever. also really can't blame Ricky at all because R- Ricky played the best out of everyone right. there. Oh, he did for sure. He was putting great. I think he made seven or eight birdies. I can't remember. He was yeah, he, well. he played well. I think he plays that course pretty well. He's won the Pro-Am like three yeah. times. Well, his dad's a member there, right? I have no Rory's idea. Rory's dad's a member. Rory's there. dad's a member there. Okay. But uh, so why wasn't it? Rom is he out of the country? I don't think he wanted to go with the situation, the yeah, with the virus and stuff. Well, and all of them are 
South Florida located now. Yeah, okay, so that makes sense. In Rom's Rom's in Arizona. Arizona. I, yeah. It's just interesting to have, you know, so being able top to 25 guys your, and then Wolf. Being able to stay in your own home, not going to a hotel or something like that is probably sure. a big deal. Um, Can we – And, and just ahead. to finish the point on why Wolf would be there is that they're also trying to initiate a new face in the brand to get more exposure too. Sure. And like this kid's going to be the future of their brand to an extent if he continues to, you know, play good it's golf and win on tour – and it's good to get his foot in the door now because if you can get people to care about this kid, they want him to be their speak, right? They want right. they want him to become a golden boy in the sport and take off. And he's got you know, he's got a personality from what I I've heard is pretty much just either you kind of like him or you don't like him, you know. And that's kind of I like that in golf because you know you're, it's not like a middle ground typical gray area golfer that it's hard to get behind. You either are like backing the dude, or you don't. You just don't like him. He's got a weird swing. People don't necessarily like his swing. Um, he's got that naive, like happy-go-lucky, like joking I think what around. People have to remember is that he's really young. He, yeah, right he's now, 20, he's, right 22. Now he should be a junior in college, but yeah. he's playing pro golf. So yeah. it's like not everyone can have like the maturity and the like resolve that Spieth had at his age. Like he's wise beyond his years. Well, even reserved. even like Morikawa was saying, like how Wolf is just like a the like a kid like yeah, he, yeah, you know yeah. and which i like man fucking you're young fucking have fun playing yeah. professional People golf gotta you know? stop telling kids how they should be like and like let them do their thing and they'll grow into whoever they're gonna be yeah and I, I should clarify i do really like wolf and i thought he added a lot to the thing it just is interesting and with can we talk about how long he is like it may be a little scattered at times <laughs> but like he was playing with rory and dj and out driving them quite a bit. Yeah. You know? No, yeah, no one is arguing that the kid yeah. doesn't have ball speed. Yeah. It's just a matter of being straight with your ball speed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely taking the approach of, I'm going to be super long because that's what does well on tour. Yeah. Unless your name's Webb Simpson. <laughs> um, and or Kiz. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, Webb Simpson is like top 10 in the world. And has right. Yeah. He, I mean, Webb, Webb's been killing it the last like 24 months for sure, if not longer. And Kiz is really not that far outside of that number either. No. I mean, he's top 50 in the world. I think top 40. Um, anyways, yeah. Wolf is long, and he's got yeah. a promising future. He His game is indicative to how I think he'll do on tour. Like, he's sporadic. He'll, he'll do He might really go well. on some hot streaks, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think he's even said he's going to be a streaky player. Um, you kinda he's hope. embracing it. I mean, at a certain day, at a certain point, the way that the prize money is staggered out, like it's better to be streaky than consistent because you'll get bigger paydays but less of them. Yeah. And, and if you're streaky, come in, and you just happen to have a hot streak during a major or something like a major season at this yeah. point. Yeah, at this you point, yeah, you get so three yeah. good months. Yeah. So I'd be curious to hear what y'all think. Obviously, the match round one wasn't great. Match round two, we're all thrilled about. Are there some small changes or things we didn't like about this driving relief that they could take that feedback and run with to turn that into something that's more interesting or, th or more exciting to watch? I think there are a few, like a couple things that you could take from driving relief and a couple things you could take from the match um, or the second match um, and kind of combine them both. Like, I really like, yes, we're talking about like a retired football player and tiger and phil who are both older but i really enjoyed like how the guys in driving relief were carrying their bags and like it was it was cool to see them like like us out at a muni walking with our bags and you know i don't know uh, yeah. chatting it up as they're going down the fairway and stuff 
Yeah, um, I don't know if I really care about that. I, I like if I think if you can make it as easy on the crew and them as possible to breeze through this and keep the pace of play going quickly and whatever else, like getting getting you know Peyton Manning to walk eighteen holes out there, I think would be a stretch considering. Well, he that's was, why I preface it like I know yeah. that they were older, but yeah. like. Well, and also some of the best content we got. There's a lot of really good stuff coming from the cart. It, yeah, when they were driving, that's and, true. And uh, I guess if you can find a way to get that same content from the guys talking more and us actually getting that on the mics instead of you know people talking over them and stuff, I think the the walking can still work. Yeah, if you take it the right way. Well, and I think we should note as well that if there's a if they do have a tiebreaker with this and they have another one you know in a year or a year and a half or two years we will supposedly or hopefully be outside of these sort of parameters of safety precautions sure. for that. and there will be two people in a cart which i think would have a lot more back and forth and dialogue right. and be a lot better content and i think those carts can be great vessels for kind of banter and sort of yeah. and they may even not be two people in the cart it might be each of them have a caddy and can just walk normally you know yeah, I, I, I personally think I'm out on the idea of them walking. I think the carts are a great tool to get better content and dialogue out of people. Yeah. And it's more laid back. They can sit and they can chat. They can have their drinks or whatever else. Right. And they can just – they're not spending so much time physically exerting themselves around a, a golf course. Yeah. yeah, I mean, those are all good points. I guess I just kind of like – I liked the – I mean, as I said earlier, I just like – I just like I like watching I, pros carry their bags because yeah. you never see that. Yeah, like that's that was cool to see. But I think in this, the essence of making the best product possible, I like cards. And, yeah. yeah, and I think we like the things that we took away from today were mostly how it was produced and how they were able to execute the non-golf mm-hmm. side of things more. So I mean, the golf was great; it was fun to watch and all that. But well, they did a good job with the other as well. Yeah, I think having people like JT there, knowing when to bite his tongue and not talk at all and knowing when to talk and just the right amount of you know something to say that to add to what they're doing um as opposed to fucking who announcer x y or z that just is talking while fucking tiger woods is talking to his caddy or something like that you know like talking over what we actually want to hear and just making you know he's thinking he's making content and adding to the experience but really people are like shut the fuck up you know right I think they ca- they struck a very nice balance between the 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 extreme expert on golf, which is someone like JT, and how he's going to be contributing to the production, and then zooming all the way out to someone who's way on the outside of things with Charles Barkley. That brings the good levity to the situation, so you can counteract like the deep intellectualism of the of the game with someone who can kind of bring the humor and jovial attitude. Because whenever you have these, like, pseudo-pros or old pros that you were on tour for a little bit, whoever's going to be in the booth for a normal PJ Tour event, they're just close enough to being a pro where I don't feel like they connect with the basic audience in the same way that Charles Barkley does. And I think his personality is just so easy to to kind of spar with that people like kind of poking fun with Barkley. And that sort of thing always, I think, engages an audience better. And whenever you're – to go back to your original question about is there anything that you would like to see change about this – I really don't have any complaints, and there's obviously things that I could ask more production-wise out of them, but I think... Who knows what we would have got if the weather was good, so too. Like, that pro- may have added to... Yeah. And I was talking more about driving relief. Like, w- how does driving relief take a learning lesson into driving relief to the way that the match did with the match, too? Because I, th- I think there's a way you can make that good 
where you know you literally we just get these guys mic'd up while they're walking or riding and you hear all these conversations instead of getting announcers talking over and doing blast of the past and bill murray pretending not to know how zoom works and things like like yeah i think that driving a relief could bounce back in a similar way that the match did well i if think they chose to. i think with driving relief I mean, they're all four pros. I think they definitely should have been playing alternate shot. That's just my opinion. Um, and I also think that I, I don't know what who I don't know the productions that put it on. Are they, they are two different pro- yeah. productions? I think uh, obviously they've been able to learn with the, like obviously this is a second match. Um, their mic, their their whole mic mics were way better. Driving reliefs mics and them like the producers muting people when they shouldn't be and like they had a much better setup mic wise for the match too um yeah i I, it was the first go for the driving relief thing i think i enjoyed watching it but they definitely have room to improve no doubt so to get back to my to my original thing about i wouldn't have had too many complaints about the, the match part two Mostly because if I think if I ask any more out of it, I think it's going to be too much of a distraction on right. getting what you want, the basics right. And so the way that I think Driving Relief had messed up is that they tried doing too much. They tried sure. to overproduce. They tried to get too many things involved to get people kind of just through the, the broadcast. And they didn't trust their audience to stay engaged. So they had to throw filler at people, whether it was Bill Murray or if it was Rom or if it was Trump or wh- whoever else to get someone through a pro- through, through the, 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 pr- the product. It, it just didn't ever feel like you gave chance for people to settle in with the players. And then the fact that you didn't give the players a chance to just openly kind of be themselves, nothing was going to connect in the way it was supposed to. And I think another portion of it, too, is that when you have four pros, none of them are really actually engaging with one another. They're kind of saying what they think the production wants them to say right. instead of them just being themselves to an extent. And it's not to say that the guys in the match weren't trying to put on, like, the, the one-liners that they think people are going to like on TV. But having that mix of kind of friends and, you know, people that aren't golf pros had the right dynamic to keep the, the dialogue going in the right way. Definitely. And I would, uh, I would be willing to wager right now the match three is going to be paired with amateur players again, specifically Steph and Tony Romo, if I was betting. But I, I think they're going to continue to run with this model because they're going to see how it worked. And I, I, like you said, I don't know if you can create that kind of jovial, fun atmosphere if you've got four pros together or two pros head-to-head. I think having that amateur brings a more lighthearted side mm-hmm. to the match that I, I think it really needs to be as entertaining as it was. Yeah, I think there could potentially be that and I think they're also going to work some women into it somehow at some point. Like, yeah, that'd be cool. A, yeah, a, a character like like Danielle Kang or someone who's kind of quirky and like funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, or one just, of the Corda sisters. Or right. Yeah. I wouldn't Amy doubt Park if Michelle Wee came back at some point and she mixed in. There I think somehow. she'd be great in the JT position. Yeah, of, yeah. Because yeah. she's really good friends with everyone. She's great for both sides of it. Yeah. You know, she's got a great personality for ribbing and stuff like that, and she knows the game well. Yeah. I, I think that would be a cool mix. I, th- I, I think there nothing should stop people from trying to do 3v3, too. Like, if, yeah. they, if you have a course yourself, a 6-sum isn't that big of a deal if you're doing – if you have an adjusted format where you're breezing through the, the stuff anyway. It could be a scramble. It could be all sorts of things. How cool would a three-person alternate shot be? 
I've never seen that before. It could be cool because you but, have, like yeah, you have an amateur, a woman, and a a PGA professional. That would be wild. Yeah, there's just not a whole lot of people like people. I mean, you're taking like a shot a hole potentially on it's, some of them. It would be tough for momentum. Yeah, it yeah. would. Yeah. If they did something like we do with our muni games, where it's six six six, where you have basically a best ball portion for six holes, an alternate shot for six holes, and a scramble for six holes, yeah, I think that'd be a great product for people too, and yeah. it would have a good way to mixing it up. Absolutely, and you can still maintain momentum in certain circumstances. I think this sort of product has a bunch of different ways that it can go. My recommendation is just get the basics down perfect first. So get you know the golf covered properly. Be able to see every shot. Try to get shot tracer when you can, as much as you can. Make sure that you're not overextending yourself when it comes to production qualities. And then get the dialogue among the players correctly. And then you can start adding in some flair if you feel like you have those things down, whether it's bringing in segments or explaining the course or something like that. One thing that they try to do in a little bit with Driving Leaf is explain Seminole, which they did okay, but it's a difficult course to get across the line. And I think there's a lot of a lot of things that go into that, and they didn't even try to do that a little bit with Meadowlands. Like, no. yeah, they didn't even consider it. And I, I, uh, I honestly, I don't think Seminole plays to TV very well. No, no, it it didn't come off as dramatic as how it's described. I mean, yeah, and I think not having fans and things like to to help you actually see the elevation changes and things like that. It looked like a really big, flat golf course with a lot of waste bunkers. Well, and Donald Ross's courses are so much about the greens, too. You know, right. like it's more like when you're playing, you're like, oh, my gosh, these are crazy. Not that I've played a Donald Ross course, but from what I've heard. This yeah. might be a controversial take, but whenever someone says a course doesn't play good for TV, it's usually because the broadcast or production team is failing to sh- show the accentuations of the course. Uh, that's sure. true. That, that's a hundred percent. Coming from someone who works in film and her has worked in film a lot, in a lot of different circumstances, like – you're only limited to showing people with what your expertise is capable of creating. If that means sure. you have to go in before the game, like the game starts or people start playing to show the mounds, show the different angles, show how things are mm-hmm. off, like it just takes more production work and more lead time work. But I don't think there's a single course on planet Earth that you can't capture to demonstrate what's so complex about it. Whether if you look at the stuff that the fried egg does on YouTube explaining courses or what they've done for U.S. Opens in the past with the brownie points, like there's clever ways to show the intricacies of golf courses. It's just you don't value those things enough to put in the time and the work. Or yeah. you don't have the budget. I, I agree with yeah. you on that. Yeah. I can assure you that they have the budget. Well, yeah. Uh, I guess I like I thought I thought Seminole was like sick, but I could I, I definitely they left you hungry to like see the golf course more at least to me like yeah yeah i mean they talked a little bit about like the split fairway par five and stuff and tried to do you know but like i for one not ever seeing it not knowing what to expect i was expecting definitely more like waterfront holes and stuff considering where it is um yeah i don't know why i was expecting that i just was you know um but yeah it's a double-edged sword you can either talk about how great this course is and use that to your advantage, but you have to back it up. Like mm-hmm. you, ca- you can't just say this is an amazing course and it's amazing for X, Y, Z reasons without actually showing that to people and why. Yeah. Um, it it does it. You know, for the way that they shot it, it's it's tough for that to get across the line. But that's because it's the way that they shot it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And who knows? That may be for limited crews for whatever current. Like we we don't know exactly what the logistics were for that. We but, should uh, put a big asterisk on yeah. everything that we're saying that we don't right. know the logistics behind everything and what kind of restrictions or constra- constraints that they had doing it. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, and it also could be restrictions that Seminole itself puts on. Yeah, you know, like hey, we don't want a huge camera crew here. Like we have members here that don't want to necessarily get sick, and you know, like the least amount of people we, we can don't bring give here. Up our, our, our our facilities for an extra week so you guys can do XYZ production right. work beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, we should all just be very happy that we got these things to begin with. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. And that we could have otherwise had no live sports. And Andy Johnson from the fried egg and the shotgun start podcast had a great, you know, post on Twitter. That was just, there's something unique about live sports that elicits a certain reaction that you don't get anywhere else. And he talked about how, when Tom Brady holed out, he like got up and yelled, and Dave and I did the exact same thing. And yeah. I'm sure lots of people around the country and the world did the exact same thing too, because everyone's sharing a singular moment in time, appreciating the same thing. And you don't get that in this day and age of you know Netflix and and Hulu and all these different streaming services where you consume things on your own time. Right. Well, and I can't even imagine a TV show that's ever made me literally jump off my couch like I did. Yeah. With that shot, like that. That is something truly only sports can bring, and uh, it's really exciting that they are coming back <laughs> slowly yeah, but surely. Really, I yeah, I mean that's a very good point. Like I've like yeah, I've never done that for a movie or a TV show or anything. It's literally only been sports to whatever extent, like whether it's golf or UFC or a wakeboard or wakeskate movie that yeah. I saw a cool trick. Like yeah, it really is some facet of sport or competition that gets people that hyped. You yeah. Know, that I think, I think it thrives on that side of the brain. Right. Yeah. So like the sports and stuff get me hyped or like when some great feat happens to get me like, you know, out of my seat and, you know, pumping and being stoked. And then, you know, I go to movies to be like emotionally moved or like, yeah. you know, having different deeper True. connections with things like that sports on the brain. Like I'm not going to like start crying watching, you know, like, LeBron win another championship. I'll be hyped for him, but I'm not gonna start like. I shed a few tears. But I mean, as a a kind of a counterpoint to that, I guarantee there were people crying when Tiger won the Masters and came back. Like it, sports do have that effect as well. Like, yeah, I know, (laughs) I know, I know people who did. So like, that's a fair, that's a fair point. But I just mean for me personally. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That I think. More people are at the bar at Buffalo by Wild Wins being like, yeah, my team just scored a, a touchdown versus someone who's like sitting home watching the t- Titanic and being like, <gasps> yeah. Yeah. don't leave me, Jack. <laughs> you know, so it, it, it leans into its strengths. Yeah. And, it, it, yeah. you know, it, I don't go to sports for that sort of illicit response. And I think I don't get that so- sort of like jumping out of, off the couch and being like, yes, like um, when I'm watching a movie. And yeah. It, uh, I think that's a unique value position for them and having it be gone for so long during the pandemic and getting it back now in this form is great because I wasn't expecting much out of these two events and I've been so pleasantly surprised with the match and how it went because the last time I jumped out of my seat and like fist pumped and went, yeah, was when Tiger was winning the Masters. So I think it was when Wolf made that eagle putt on 18 when you and I freaked out that similar way as oh, we did today yeah 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 that's probably we true. went crazy yeah that's true um because I, I, I the only reason i say that because i was going to make a point or like i can only think of like a few times like today when tom brady made that shot the 3m when we got up like that and then when jordan beat matt Berger at that tournament with the whole out forgetting when speeth was making his charge at augusta when he was coming back, because you, me, and B were jumping off of our, off the couch like every yeah like, every like fifteen minutes because he kept sinking eagle putts and making birdies and hitting crazy. And he shots. was on a, he was on pace to break the course record too. Yeah. Like yeah. it was it was. 
I jumped off the couch probably seven or eight separate times during Tiger's final stretch at the Masters. Yeah. Like his shot at 16, yeah. Yeah. shot at 15. Like I was losing it. I even kind of lost it on 18 when he hit that weird push where I was like, oh, shit. Like it's a yeah. whole different side of golf that you get where it's this panic. Like, is he about to blow this? Yeah. Uh, and that was another couch jump for me as well. And yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like, unless you're like a diehard fan of someone like you are for Wolf or something like that, like, mm-hmm. you really only get that out of out of the majors. That's when. Yeah. It's, and we've been missing live sports, or I've been missing live sports enough to. I got that from Tom Brady holing out on a hole <laughs> that, for an exhibition match that means nothing. Down I think three. I think for the Tom Brady thing, there's definitely some shock value because of how he was playing, and then that was just Without so a doubt. unexpected. Yeah. Without a doubt. But. I think if I had been watching a bunch of live golf up until then, I probably wouldn't have had that same reaction. Yeah. I think being yeah. kind of thirsty for content right. uh, definitely helped that kind of coax out of me. Can we uh, can we dive a little deeper on some of Phil's real weirdness that he had <laughs> out there today? I heard tasty way more times he than I... Maybe six or seven it, times. It got to be a lot. Yeah, <laughs> hitting bombs and hellacious seeds and yeah. just his whole... Buffet of bits and gimmick he's got going on he's right a now, like stat, like kind of run of the mill, a bit embarrassing dad. What did he? That does it for me yeah. when he talked about that chip, yeah, shot. That chip shot. I mean, it, as uh, that that all that's a fair point. He was weird as shit and said some stuff. Even that, the video beforehand on social was super ooh. cringy too. Yeah, but like it is it is kind of cool to hear him like explaining these chip shots in such an no intricate intricate way as he does uh because you know that not everyone thinks of it like that at all you know yeah he is invaluable for analysis and insight because at the end, at the end of the day as much as it comes off as pompous and intellectual and pretentious to an extent at the end of the day, I'd rather hear it than not hear it, and I think he's a conflicting personality that I don't mesh with, but makes it more entertaining. And I've, I'm not a Phil guy. I think most of the stuff he says just makes me cringe, and I just kind of feel embarrassed for him. But at the end of the day, he doesn't give a fuck what I think. Yeah. He's doing just by himself. But um, he's leaning into it for his brand and for whatever else. And you know, he's taken social media by storm, whether I like the content he makes or not. Sure. And there's probably plenty of people that think he's hilarious. Yeah. I just don't. No, yeah, my dad texted me about a couple of his lines. I was like, yeah, it did, didn't do it for me, Pops, but I understand where, where you're coming from. Oh, um, he was into it? Oh, my dad was eating it up. But, but, to each his own, though. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, yeah, that, yeah. and that might be just an age thing. Yeah, you know, that's like, true. I'm sure that our dad probably could have been thinking the same thing. Yeah. You know, he probably eats it up, too. It's just, yeah, it's it's something. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can. I'm sure he he really satisfies a lot of a lot of people out there in the sense that they're they're excited to see Phil there beyond his playing. Like, they're like yeah. oh, I can't wait to hear what he says. Well, and his best line of the day was for sure when he said it skip and check, yeah. and how the ball did exactly what he asked it to do. I mean, that was that was truly incredible analysis, and you would never ever get that. Yeah, well, and it just goes to show like how much these guys are actually calculating all the variables yeah. and like how much like they're more in tune with what's happening than you would ever imagine and them knowing all the little things like oh i need to know that the grain's doing this way here and then it's going to break and go that way there and then after it does that it's going to have to start releasing its spin at about that point and it'll yeah. drip toward the hole it's like th- you're never thinking about that when you're playing golf you're like i'm gonna try to get it as close as i hand and the best way to do that is like aim it i think like maybe like 
two cups left. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like that's this that's totally the, arbitrary thing that you've applied to. It's like, yeah. It seems like it's about that far out. And it's it's cool to know like how much more deeply they think about it oh, and seeing it yeah. pay off in real time. Yeah. Yeah, and just him lining like lining Tom up for especially some putts at the very end there. Like he was getting like super in depth, and sometimes Tom <laughs> would just be like, "Okay, so uh, what do you want me to yeah, do? Yeah, yeah. Can, can you tell me just?" Tell me exactly where to tell roll me it where to aim and if I need to hit it hard or, or soft. soft. Yeah, at, like at the beginning of this, I said slow, and you're like, Yes, because. And he's like, Whoa, <laughs> whoa, just can you leave it at slow for and the then, love of and God? Then, and at the end of it, he's like, Okay, so it's gonna be yeah. slow. He's like, That was great for the TV audience. I have yeah. no idea what any of that meant. Just give me an aiming point and tell me if I need to hit it hard or soft. That's all I need, yeah. Phil. Yeah. Well, and I thought it was really interesting that, uh, Tiger and Peyton had clearly talked about they had a strategy for how Tiger was going to teach Peyton to putt where he'd say, you need to putt at 110% here. You, I need 70% here. Like they had a teamwork component of like Tiger's not going to literally line the ball up and tell yeah. you exactly what to do. But Peyton and he obviously is an intellectual as far as his football career and he likes to study things. It was cool to see that they had came up with a plan of how to attack this and how Tiger can improve on his game. I thought that was really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I was impressed with Peyton's putting. Like, just his overall game in general. I Obviously, today, his driver was his weak point, but I'm sure he has days where his driver's on and, you know, other things aren't. But I was I was impressed with his game. I was expecting worse. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I I think it was overall it was a good good event, and I, you know I was entertained for sure. Um, you know, I, I don't really know what else to say about it at this point. Um, yeah, happy with the result. Um, glad we got to have some live golf in a time when we really shouldn't have really expected it you know so yeah it's yeah. cool that everyone put this on you know hats off to the the time warner team and everyone at you know tnt and cbs and whoever else was involved and i'm happy that it happened i'm even happy that driving relief happened like not yeah. to disparage that event at all like it was it just by comparison you get to see how they can improve and i hope maybe if they do something that like that in the future they're going to learn from whatever they had made but it was still nice to see and even ball. that was better than the original match. Oh, Just for having sure. four people yeah. and like, yeah. Um, do we want to talk a little bit about just re regular golf and like? Yeah, it comes back in a couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely excited for that. Excited for our fantasy league to get it back up and going. Um, definitely pretty bummed that you know we're gonna have to not have a few events um not have the open which is that's, super unfortunate that's the gut yeah. shot of the year yeah. my favorite major not happening yeah it's just unfortunate um but i i definitely don't know why they're not going to try to make it happen it just i guess that's just uh you know europe and the rna and they just chose to do that um i definitely think they could have made it happen whether they don't have fans or whatever yeah. but um, I definitely think it was logistically possible to make happen if we're making all this shit happen over here. Um, I don't know if it's because their weather window is smaller and like they can't go. I mean, yeah. but still, like that's months away from like. 
I mean, it's originally it would have been originally scheduled for July, right? Yeah. So original July sixteenth was when it was originally supposed to happen, and so that's like right around the corner. It's a month and, and a half away. And they, but they don't they didn't know what it was going to be like. Like we have a better sense now than we did when they canceled it two months ago. So well, it's like they we could have been in a way worse. Spot I mean, but our, like then. so I I don't know what the European tour is doing. Like I don't know when they plan on getting back and going, or if they cancel their whole season, or what the deal is. But I would imagine if they plan on playing golf on the European tour, why wouldn't the open be able to be happening? Cause you know, I think this is all speculative. More, I think this is a lot more production logistics behind a major and getting that thing up and running versus like, if they knew now that they could reopen it, I don't think they have enough time. I don't think like, think of match play. That's a tiny event with a small field that's run, you know, it's really not that tiny. It's a WGC. Like, I just mean like in the sense of how many players it accommodates, it's not an open, yeah, not, I mean, it's, it's a smaller major. field for sure. It, I think there's a lot less logistics involved in getting that event running. And they start building stuff at ACC months and months and months ahead of schedule. Yeah, well, okay, well, so so we know we know COVID happened, right? We know there's a global pandemic going on. You don't, you don't necessarily have to straight up cancel the Open. You can say, hey, you know, we don't know exactly what's going to happen yet, but we could potentially put it on with no crowd. Like, we don't need a crowd – we just want to make sure that the thing happens. I don't like, even think right now that Americans can travel to Europe. Though. I mean, we yeah. Like I, I as, as of right now, that you that's we, a, that's, we a, that's a big can't even big fly there. Too, yeah, it's like you don't even you're contingent upon whether countries will let other players out of lockdown. Yeah. and since the majority of the PA tour, this is, is true. I, all I'm saying is like it could. It could it could be postponed from July. Like I, I'm just saying, I think it could happen. Like I think they could have made it happen. I'm not going to pretend to say what someone can and can't pull off. That's, yeah. that, that's where I stand on it. Is that I'm sure postponing it is more expensive than just canceling it. I just think it's uh, it's interesting to see that we're trying to make or the PG. Not, I say we're like I'm a part of it, but like, wait, are you not part of the PGA? <laughs> I mean, I, don't, I haven't I haven't renewed my PGA of America membership. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Anyways, that <laughs> uh, where I'm going with this is like we. We've done like we've got our majors over here. They're happening, right? Ryder Cups over here. It's happening. Like yeah, but the the earliest one is in August, which is like the end of the playable season in the UK, and the schedule wouldn't open up for the Open until later in the year. And if they if the Masters is in November, and it's supposed to fit somewhere between the Open, which is in like September, and that. Right, you can't really play in the UK with a co- and have crowds out there, and or even. I'm not saying with a crowd. I just mean like pe- it, your, people won't be comfortable out there when like think of how cold and rainy it was when we were there in July. Like, it's tough to get people, especially pros, to go play there if travel bans are lifted in the rainy season and when it's go cold. to fucking Italy. Once again, you're asking for an entire. Well, now we have a change. new venue you and an entire. I mean, you're if there's no crowd, you're fucking. Just, I mean, I just I, like I, this isn't what I do for a living. I just think like, I think they could have fucking made it happen. They they're talking about changing venues from San Francisco. Like, it it it, it legit. I think they pulled the they sh- they pulled the the, the pin too quick. They yeah. pulled the ripcord early, but yes. I think that was them also just trying to do the right thing. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, it. I mean, it's a bummer. It sucks, but it it doesn't shock. There's me. a lot. It, there's it a lot sense. of trying to do the right thing when people don't know exactly what's going on. So there's nothing wrong with sitting and waiting for a little bit before saying something for certain. You know, like 
I got you. For sure. Yeah, yeah I I don't disagree. I mean, this is all coming from me just being bummed that it's not going to happen. Yeah. I just yeah, think, I like, you. all these other important events, they're Look, finding no a way to make it that, happen. No one wanted that event to happen more than the people that were running it because at the end of the day, it right. makes them money. It makes their situation a lot better than if they were to, had to cancel it. I'm sure they try to take every variable into account to make the right decision with this because at the end of the day, it's in their best interest that it happens. Well, at the time, they're like, oh, well, we – like." We can't go to Italy. It's the the COVID's the worst it is. Like it, they're hitting so hard. Like I'm sure that was like absolutely that we can't go there. But now it's kind of like oh well, actually we probably could have gone to Italy. I don't yeah. even know what Italy's, Italy's like one of the worst right now. Well, right well now. I knew it was, but I don't know where they're at right I now. I think pretty much everywhere. Italy is wouldn't kinda... have been the first thing I'm like. I would have yeah, yeah. said Portugal, or <laughs> yeah. I would have said Spain. Or Regardless, there were there's options. You know, like. Uh, it just becomes just a logistical changing, nightmare. I just think changing venues is way harder to do last minute than right. people are giving credit for. Except you have several months out, like. But it's I mean, not they spent a like, year. Like the, I'm sure planning for the next year's open starts the day after. Oh, the it does. Over. It starts you guys before. Do you realize so, that the open stands for the British Open. Yeah. Not anymore, though. They change it to the Open, right? But well, it's no, always it's been always, the Open. They don't want you to call it the British Open because they want. It's not it to because be, they yeah. want it to be. European, they mean it because they want it because it's the original Open. Right, right. Like, the idea here is, like, we <coughs> want to do the U.S. Open in Mexico because of COVID. Like, that's not, like, how this... That's yeah, not yeah, how, yeah. That's not how it works. Right? Yeah, but then why don't they just call it the fucking British Open, then? Because it is, it's the original Open. Because they want to lean the fact that they're the oldest running championship in sports history. Yeah. And they're the original golf championship, the Open. Right. They've been the longest Open competition within sports. They didn't it's have a branding they, thing. And yeah. the fact that you can't realize that it's also intrinsically the British Open is kind of weird. I understand that it's the British Open, but like... And people do still call it the British Open, even on the broadcast. And they do get annoyed with it when they well, do I just that. Mean, there are yeah, yeah. other people still call it the British Open, too, sometimes. Yeah. Like, it's clearly... It's their national open. Like, yeah. it, it's weird for it to leave there. Uh, okay. I I understand. I I'm want the event to happen too, but I'm not like I'm not. I don't want to make it seem like they're not trying their best to make it happen. Sure. I, I, uh, I'm considering the fact that it's my favorite major. I want it to happen more than any other ones. I would have rather the PGA get canceled. I would have rather the Masters get canceled. I would have rather the freaking US Open. Well, and they have all You'd the, rather they the have Masters like, get canceled. Yes, the Open yeah. is my favorite major. <sighs> I would. Uh, I would. If there could only be one major, I'd have it be the Masters. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. But, but yeah, kids, kids had kids yeah, express uh, uh, this yeah, many times. Yeah, and I understand why you look like it. There's just something about Augusta, bro. Yeah, <laughs> but and I know that you don't not like Augusta. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, that's certainly yeah. not. But yeah, uh, yeah. At least we're getting we the get three other majors. Who, actually, I mean, who knows about fucking pga at this point i yeah. don't know if they're where they're going or if they're trying to still do it at harding park as far as i know they are on the um, schedule it, they have it um happening in august and it's supposed to still be happening at tpc harding park so hmm. yeah until that changes and it's going to be interesting because brooks has an opportunity to three-peat yeah right which will be sick i believe that's who i had winning it when we did we'd have to go back that's so long ago. Yeah. entirely possible it's all fucked up now though yeah, yeah, it is. It is a little fucked up. But right. I do think, similar to Tiger, I think this break is good for Brooks. He looked he like he good. was battling some stuff early, and I'm sure now he's feeling better and and ready to charge. Yeah, potentially. I hope. I hope so. 
It'll I be like, interesting I like to see. Brooks at his a, having his A game for sure. Um, yeah, I, I don't know with all everything if my boy Phil is going to be able to even play at fucking the U.S. Open. Called it. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see, man. I have him winning still. <laughs> it's a bold move, Cotton. Yeah, I just. I can't remember who I chose for it. Maybe Rory. Yeah, I don't have any idea. I right. think I had a, I had for the PGA. I think I had Marikawa and Brooks. No, bro- I think you had Morikawa well, and Webb. Did you? You, you had no. a, a very confusing array <laughs> of <laughs> six <laughs> different people. We, I remember trying to, we were trying to pin you down to a take, and that was, was like not even close. To happening. Had, like you had like two people winning the PGA and two people winning the Open. I think like yeah. Ricky and someone else winning the Open. Yeah. There was some copping out going on. You had, you, I, I had, a, I think I had, we both had Rom winning the Masters. Yeah, 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 yeah. All three of us had Rom. Do we still think that if it's a November Masters? I have no idea what to expect I in November. I think JT now has a chance of winning in November. Uh, if that is makes that sense. recency bias? I've, uh, JT I've just being awesome. That, no, no, no. I've heard that it could potentially play better, like in November. Uh, we won't have like what the popping of like the course just plays better. Uh, that's what I hear. <laughs> huh. I, I don't know. Like conditions what it, will be better. Because <laughs> well, that's a, I mean, that's a fall course, right? I think they like doing it in April for all the foliage and the flowers and shit right. like that. Yeah. I th- if that means like it could play more challenging in November and it could elicit like more like skill prone golf like required versus yeah. like overseed and like really fluffy and like right. for other reasons. Um, I don't know. I haven't really. Maybe that's your new open. Much. Maybe. <laughs> no. <laughs> It's a hard no for me, dog. I, I like in with all this happening, I so badly wanted to see like Harding Park get moved to like a badass course like that we would never normally get to see. Kind of like the Seminole thing, but like obviously a much better telecast and like a production like a open should be. I mean, but uh, I think at this rate, um, there's a good chance that the PGA might be fanless. Yeah, so uh, like if they want were to go like this, obviously wouldn't suit like a normal PGA championship setup. But like charity, <laughs> <laughs> just somewhere cool, like a course that obviously you know I like everyone would say like Band and Dunes or something like that. Like a course that people love to go to and have talked Pine, so highly. They went to Pine Valley. I would, I would yeah. pay, I'd pay five hundred dollars to watch that. <laughs> I think you'd probably have to pay more. <laughs> yeah. Regardless, like something like that, you know. I don't think cool. they would charge. They could charge more than that for that. I was talking about I, live, like oh. at the place. No, I, if it's you, family, you're I saying pay per view. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd pay five hundred dollars to watch. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd crazy. split it with you. Man, yeah, I mean, I, I would. We that's you'd have to split it with people because <laughs> I definitely would not be okay with spending five hundred dollars to watch a golf tournament from my house. I just don't think that would ever be possible. Besides, in this moment during this crisis, yeah, it would just never happen. Yeah. But, yeah, it would be cool to see that happen. I don't think it's going to. I have a feeling that Harding Park's going to work out and they're going to end up having it there without fans. But, uh, yeah, um, we'll see. I'm pumped for the Ryder Cup to happen. Uh, That's going to be crazy because it's really bottlenecked. Like, it goes – let's pull this up. Yeah, it goes U.S. Open September 17th through the 20th. And then the next week, September 25th to the 27th, is the Ryder Cup at Whistling Jesus. Street. So you go from a major that everyone's prepping for, for the U.S. Open, the most grueling major for a lot of people. Yeah. 
right into a Ryder Cup. Yeah. Which that's is, the only thing that's good is that at least they don't have to cross a giant ocean. Yeah. And it's well, it, it's cool for golf viewers, but I can see how that can be taxing on the guys playing. But yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. It's going to be it's, yeah. it's kind of rough. Um, It'll be interesting. But hopefully, our you know our group of guys for the Ryder Cup are going to be young bucks, and they'll be able to handle it, no problem. The crazy thing is that two of the majors um, this year, the U.S. Open and the Masters, are falling into next season on the PGA Tour. So, like yeah. the 2020 and 2021 schedule, the U.S. Open is technically the second event after the Safeway. Hmm. And Can we talk about how it's going to be less than it's going to be like four months, and then there's going to be another Masters in April? <laughs> like, that's the coolest thing ever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, give it, me a Masters every four cra- months for the rest <laughs> of my life. Yeah. The only I mean, thing that's kind of rough though is that like if you let's say Justin Thomas wins in November, right, and he gets the green jacket, and then let's just say that like Rom wins it in April, like Justin Thomas gets to be the reigning Masters champion for like three and a half months. He won't have his jacket to do weird ice bath jokes like Tiger Woods did for yeah. very long at all. That yeah, was, yeah, Tiger isn't good at those sorts of things <laughs> <laughs> but i mean yeah silver linings right so you yeah. get you get an extra you get back-to-back masters almost which will be cool um you know i'm definitely gut shot that the open's not happening um but we'll we'll just take what we can get here for sure and we our nearest live golf event is in i think four weeks june 7th uh june 11th the 11th. Carl schwab at colonial yeah Defending champion Kevin Na, and that's Jack's tournament, right? No, that would no. that be Hogan's. Yeah. Hogan's. Oh yes. Oh yes. Well, I also I want to give the people a little update on uh, the fantasy golf league we had going on before Corona hit. Not a whole lot of movement during this. Uh, it's been uh, pretty stagnant. Yeah, we uh, not a single guy's gotten any points. Man, it's mm. crazy. Yeah, Shocking. <laughs> it's nuts. But, but I haven't lost any points either. That's also a good that's positive. That's the only thing that's kind of unfortunate is because we have the thing for majors where you start going head to head with people, like team versus team. And that's one less that's now. That's one less now, mm-hmm. yeah. We could add it. We could make one of the higher held. Masters is double or nothing. Oh, or no. Shit, no. dude. The Ryder Cup now would fall during oh. fantasy season. We could, do, we could do something amended for the Ryder Cup. Well, but how many guys in this list are going to be in the Ryder Cup? That or like no, you, at Memorial? We could do like a Ryder Cup draft. Like you, we do like a separate draft that mm. goes into your points for your team as well. Interesting. Yeah, we'll figure it out offline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah or, or we could just do what we were gonna do for the open for like the memorial or something like a higher held event, like I a like higher it. status. Yeah. But anyways, that's that we don't have to figure that out now. Um, I'm just gonna go through the teams and what the scores are for their guys and uh, what they're at. So in first, or actually, I'll start with last. Um, in last place is uh, Jimmy right now. <laughs> um, he's got six points. The Longfellows um, leading the pack on his team is Adam Scott with four points. Who's Adam Scott climbing the uh, OWGR rankings right now as mm. things decay because he won uh, Riviera. So uh, he's now number six in the world. He leapfrogged Patrick Cantley, Webb Simpson, and Patrick Reed. And he was playing. Uh, before all this hit, he was playing some good golf. Yeah. Like he had only played maybe one or two. Yeah, he got shafted worse than my king of Hideki, shooting a marvelous first round of the players, having a wide margin lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that doesn't mean he was going to mm-hmm. win or even make the top ten for yeah, you. Yeah, the data mm-hmm. golf had him at like a twenty-seven percent chance to win after the first round. Mm. 
Yeah. Not a whole lot of I data mean, to go off there. Yeah, I'm not going to chalk that up as the biggest loss. <laughs> he was locked in for at least a top All right, 10. so, hey, go ahead and give Kid six extra points. Because yeah, Hideki obviously won. Uh, and okay, then, no one else would be complaining if that happened to them? No, I'm not saying you, you, I wouldn't be complaining, but you're like, the biggest loss of this whole thing I, is Hideki. That was obviously like, yeah, there was, com- there was sarcasm it. to it. I get it. Uh Regardless, Adam Scott had won a couple things in Australia, and then he came and started playing back at the PGA Tour, like one or two, and did well, and won at Riv. Like, so he got four points for Jimbo, and then surprising for him, his second ranked guy is Bubba. <laughs> I don't really, that doesn't I can't well even remember for... where he that, played well. When good. you're that far down, like being the difference between two and zero is just like I got one point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then he got he has Kucher with one, and the most surprising thing on his team is Brooks has minus one for him. so well, Like we were saying, he didn't look good. Yeah, it's just un- not to be expected. That was that, his first pick. People thought Brooks was going to go first. I know Ryan thought he was going to go earlier than he yeah. went. I mean, it honestly looks like he should be playing left-handed these days. Yeah. We'll see how he comes back. Like Ryan was saying, like, this break could have been good for him, just like, you know, Tiger. It seems like it was good for Tiger, um, but we won't know until they come back. And then his final guy, Paul Casey, doesn't have shit for him. Mm-hmm. No points. Played. Yeah, I don't think he had played on the tour. Yeah. Oh no, he played Pebble. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, he did. Um, and then we have a tie for number. I guess you would say fifth, right? Tied for whatever the hi- well, yeah, highest, the fifth. lowest. Yeah. So it wouldn't be fifth. Whatever's higher up. Highest. No, we had seven guys in the league. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, is uh, me and Brandon. Uh, I'll start with Brandon's team, and we have eight points, both of our teams. Um, And (laughs) number one on Brandon's team is the boy Rory with eight points. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wait, hold on. Say that again? (laughs) Brandon's team has a total of eight points, and the number one guy on his team is Rory with eight points. (laughs) Um, But – just to make all of it make sense, Gary Woodland also has three points. Ah, so mm. we have some heavy anchors on that team. Yes, a heavy anchor. One heavy anchor, and it's it, Justin it's Rose. Rosie. He has minus three points. Well, luckily he got off the Hunmans, and now he's trying to get back to some proper yeah. equipment. Yeah, he's he was Bubba. Yeah. He, he was playing, playing very good. good at the yeah, back to he he cashed his check, and he's moving on. I he think w- a lot of the guys... He Torrey Pines with the Hanmas the first yeah. start back or something like that, which is crazy. I think a, a lot of the guys that got off to a bad start this year are probably like, this break is good for They're me. They're like, like, hell I'm gonna come back yeah. And I'm going to get into a different like rhythm. Phoenix and, from the fire. And then uh, Brandon, from the last time we even talked about fantasy, he has picked up, he dropped J.B. Holmes, and he picked up Max Homa, who doesn't have any points for him, but was on a bit of a heater streak um before well, yeah i mean COVID. he never played an event before this thing had happened he skipped mexico he didn't go yeah which was the only event uh he played he at tory but he didn't have him yet yeah brandon yeah. didn't have my him point yet. is yeah. that the only event that he could have played after Brandon picked him up would have been mexico and he didn't play it right yeah and he would have had points from him if he had him from the beginning of the season but yes this is true yeah um I think it's still a good pickup. I think Max will come back still playing well. Yeah, and I, we'll see how that goes. More on JB Holmes to come. Yeah, oh, mo- we yeah. got more on <laughs> JB Holmes to come for sure. Um, and then uh, the final guy on his team is Jason Day, who has zero points as well. Um, he hadn't done much this season. Then on my team, which is another eight point team, um, 
I almost forgot I had Tiger on my team. <laughs> um, You're feeling good right now after his performance today. I I, I guess I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the true all-star, Tiger has two points for me, you know, decent. He's in the positive for me. Um, my boy, Marikawa. Yeah. Leading my pack with four. Um, and then the boy. You were complaining about him at the beginning. That's because he was just, like, barely missing top tens, yeah. like, not getting me shit. But, uh, anyways, uh, right after him is the boy Victor Hovland with three. And then. Also complaining about him. Yeah, they both. But you got know who you weren't complaining about? The big cat. No, he wasn't complaining about Wolf. And Wolf is the least impactful on his team. Yeah, he has actually minus two points. Exactly. The point is the guy that you gave a pass to is a guy who deserves the most scrutiny. Uh, I mean, sure, that's true. I was going to get to him, but you beat me to it. I need to provide the context. You wanted to have the needle. Um, I think Wolf is going to come back and get going here. But uh, I also have the boy Leishman, who I dropped. Who the fuck did I drop? CH3. Yeah, Yeah, Chucky Chucky 3-6 was having a rough go. You don't care about that veteran leadership anymore, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah the I locker mean, room wasn't really hurting after he left. Yeah. We have Tiger there for a little bit of guidance for the boys. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we also brought Leash in, who's yeah. a veteran yeah. in his own right. Yeah. Um, not quite Tiger-esque, but. Or, Ch- or Chucky. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, he's he's older compared to the rest of my team yes. <laughs> yeah. considerably. Yes. Um. But yeah, I'm 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 happy with how it was going. Hopefully, they can come back, you know, strong for me. Um, I'm still excited to have the three rookies on my team, and you know, I think they're gonna at least, you know, get me in the second or third place. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, Wait, they're gonna get you a second or third place? Into as into. a team. Okay. Yeah. So your your goal is to get to second or third. No, I think they're gonna at least get me there. Mm. Okay. We're shooting for gold, of course, but I think we're going to at least get to I thought you just like already came to a reckoning. Like He's like, you know what? It's fine. Sometimes you don't <laughs> win them all. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're rebuilding. <laughs> <laughs> Trust the process, yeah. baby. Trust the process. He's, yeah. he's, he's making the early prediction for a rebuild like Jerry yeah. Krause. He's just like. <laughs> this is not a dynasty league, <laughs> by the way. Um, I can tell you right now, your team is not the 96 Bulls. <laughs> or the 93 Bulls. Either. Yeah, they're the yeah. 2020 dream team. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. Yeah. Um, anyways, then we have in fourth place, we do have Clint, who was off to a heater at the very beginning, but uh, has kind of faded a little fl- bit. Faded Fallen a little bit. Grace. Yeah. Um, his fucking team, Patrick Reed, with eight points, is his top uh, producer. Um, then he has DJ with four, my boy Rick with two, um, Kisner with nothing, and then Joaquin Nimon. With minus one. Um, it's a pretty stacked team of big names. I feel like he's going to he's gonna hang around the top. Yeah, he probably will. I mean, he's lucky that Patrick Reed is playing well for him right now. And, like, he didn't have to undergo a suspension at all. Mm. Like, he won in Mexico. Yeah, Patrick Reed's just going to fall off. He will. I just have a feeling. He's going to get what's coming to him. <laughs> we'll see <laughs> if the golf gods believe in karma. Um, and then we, uh, for a tie in second place right now, we have Kid and frickin' Ryan, the two mm-hmm. guys right here, <laughs> tied for second. Um, uh, I'll start with Kid's team. Um, they have 15, or y'all both have 15 points, but uh, 
leading his freaking <laughs> team <laughs> is the Panda 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 <laughs> Sunjay Sun uh, with eight <laughs> the points. The current number one in the FedEx Cup. <laughs> and also, that boy has been on the back door of so many top tens and not slip in yet. But yeah. I, my strategy is still held true with him. He was going to play a shitload of events. He'll still play whatever's left. The fact that he's had this long of a break is driving him crazy. Because yeah. you know he is just furiously trying to Do you to think he's event. stuck in a hotel somewhere no, right now? <laughs> no, right now that dude is trying to find some underground event in some Southeast Asian. Sungjae has actually playing been playing. Sungjae has actually been playing the tour schedule and just going to the <laughs> courses. Like, no, I'm still going. <laughs> and playing the, like the tournament was happening. Because it's not about winning. It's about him just getting his reps in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to get your cuts. And he won. If you don't play I tournament golf. I just respect the journeyman life, man. Just living out of hotels, eating his chips ahoy bags, and just going around, just playing tournaments. And his caddies losing their minds because they want a break. And he's just like, no. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to keep playing every event. And then uh, leading or uh, coming in. What? Second place. Yeah. Well, yep. tied second for points. second. Yeah. Uh, we got Hideki on your team with four. Um Let's just go ahead and just point out that these are the two things I got the most shit for picking on my team. It's early. Yeah, it is early still. But uh you guys at least should own up to the Sungjae hate. I I mean, uh, time will tell. Yeah, we will see, man. We will see Sungjae. I will eat my crow when really? crow like eating time him comes. Him winning <laughs> an event isn't enough for you. It's one event. I mean, Sungjae, he's eight he's, points. He's good, man. Everyone, yeah, he's, everyone he's saw fine. the President's Cup, yeah. bro. Yeah. Everyone yeah. saw it. Like, yeah. it's fine. The guy can hit an iron. Like, yeah, we get it. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I mean, Hideki was on his way to winning the players. On it was his way. Thursday. Jesus on Christ. His way. Jesus. I didn't say he had won it already. No, nope. on his way. But you so damn near tried. Hey, you know what? So was the rest of the field. Who was closest? <laughs> who, who was the closest? They were on oh, their way. Oh my God, yeah. They were on their way. Who was leading? All right. <laughs> he was leading. Anyways, um, then you have your boy Patrick Cantlay with two, and then the Shaft Dog with one, and then leading in the caboose, leading in it. He's the, the chef. Unfortunately, chef. he had already got a top ten, and he missed two cuts, which mm. is rough. Yeah, he's got no points for you. Um, but he does cook up a damn good meal. It sure does. Um, and then we got Ryan's team, the International Fantasy Fusion. <laughs> <laughs> um, he got, has an in- interesting array of guys going on. Um, they are international. <laughs> Just yeah. And they are fused. You couldn't pick that up from the name. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, leading the team is the boy Rom, the future, future ca- world number one, future world number one, future Masters champion. Um, He's literally a full average point away from Rory in the OWGR. He's and that's not fine. Close. He just wait. wait, he just wait. Uh, he's the closest to him, though. True. Yeah, but not close. Yeah, no, he's he's close. as close as your boy was to winning his tournament after round one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think he's that close. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, he has eight points for you. And then you also have Webb Simpson, who I was high on w- come draft time, and I was wanting to get him, and then you got him right before me um, with seven. Then you have the boy, um, why can't I think of Abe him? Answer. Yeah, Abraham <laughs> Answer. Fuck. Um, you have some guy. He <laughs> seems to not photos? be from America. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Um, yeah, he has two points. Um, he played 
pretty well, I guess. I, I He hadn't really played a lot of events. Honestly, right? that was a biased pick based on President's Cup performance. Well, I, I mean, he played well there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, he plays Colonial this upcoming week, he'll be a good yeah. course for him. Yeah. He, the, 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 the start that stands out to me for him was the Palm Springs event yeah. where he got close, and that's also when Scheffler was had a lead going in on, like, the 17th hole on the last round, and it didn't happen for him. Yeah. I think they may have even gone to a playoff. Um, like a three-person playoff. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, and then you got the boy Fleetwood, who I has he, he I guess he has one point, so he has He's played, played on one tour. event. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I he played he Riviera, I think. No, I think he got. Was it he played in Mexico? And he may have played Riviera. Yeah, because he was in the hunt in the uh, when M won his event. They were coming oh, down. They were yeah. in the yeah. That's right. So it was. Bay Hill, I think. Yeah, yeah, that was Bay Hill. You're right. And then you have J.B. Holmes, who you picked up right before the... Yeah, uh, walk us through that decision. Here, here's and what's it, important. Is he I had no longer Francesco, have Molinari. Yeah, he had the mole who was just... Every time God he entered a tournament, damn was losing anchor. points for him. He's at, he still has to make up for minus three he still has from the mole. Um, and he's hoping that the boy J.B. Holmes can do that. The, the trash that... <laughs> That Brandon threw to the curb, who loves JB Holmes. You just—he decided to pick him up. Here we go. (laughs) No, yeah. What can you walk us through your decision making there? I'm praying for a major, man. And I praying for a major, his first ever major. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what we're doing. I'm living on a hope and a prayer. I want you to know when he his best hunt recently at a major was the Open at Port Rush, and I'm not sure if you saw, <laughs> but his final round was a finishing 87. Look, so the guy can't exactly here's close. what I can tell you is I was I, I was bleeding out with Molinari, and I made a panic move, and I'm gonna live with it. I'm, I'm no longer bleeding out. I got a JB Home shaped bandaid, and we're gonna see what happens. There was just so many other guys you could have gone. Yeah, with. I didn't do a whole lot of research. <laughs> I he just needed to get the mole JB off Holmes the goddamn was team. Like, hey man, I just got cut. I'm I'm ready to play for a team. I'm a that free wants agent. To yeah, you, you can got, sign me cheap. And I think you got honey pie by him usually playing decent on the West Coast swing. And you yeah, were like, yeah. watched him play okay in a couple events there. You're like, oh, this JB Holmes is heating up. But little do you know, that guy just falls off a cliff after the West Coast. We will see. We will see. And then leading the competition right now in the league is Ando. The man who will never text back (laughs) or be a part of this pod. He will chime back in when it's over. He's crowned. Yeah. Yeah. He will tell you the Venmo account to send his money to. Leading his team is JT with seven. Um, Right behind him is Bryson with six. Then he has the boy Finau with three. And then Jojo Spieth with one in the positive numbers, which is nice. Shocking. Wild. And then <laughs> Henrik Stenson has minus one for yeah. him. Um, I think Bryson's going to come back and be a star pupil on his team. Um, or he could you, actually I'll be take a bet going. right now that yeah. JT has more points than Bryson at the end of this. Um, star pupil implies that he'll be the highest points earner. Okay. I. Uh, I don't really have a lot of money to bet right now. But you think Bryson will outscore JT in points this season? And in our fantasy league, yeah. What? That's why. You <laughs> All right, put the bet. money on the table. I mean, I. I Do you want to feel bets from both of us? Um, not really. I'll bet. I, 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 <laughs> let's. Okay. We Let, can handle this figure. offline. I'll. Right, we'll I'll. Offline. I'll. I'll bet you each five dollars. So five a piece. 
Okay. That Bryson has more points After than JT. After the Masters. That's when we're ending this thing. Okay. Uh, end of the Masters. Okay. Is, Masters is the ma- last major of the year. Yeah, November. Yeah. yeah. All right. Done. Done and done. Cool. Well, I guess that's pretty much all we have to talk about, uh, unless you boys have something you want to add in there at the end of this little ditty. Nope. I think this is a good uh, restart to the podcast. Hopefully... We can start working our way back into these more regularly. I don't know if we'll do one for Colonial, but we'll definitely make sure to come back with a more regular cadence with these. Mm-hmm. What What is the quick upcoming schedule for uh, June? July? Oh, I'm sorry. No, yeah, June. No, it is June. You're right. Um, so Colonial is June 11th to the 14th. After that, um, we'll have the Heritage, Harbortown, which will be June 18th to the 21st. Um, then the Travelers. And then the Rocket Mortgage, and then the John Deere, and the Barbersol. Oh, no, the Barbersol's canceled. Sorry, not the Barbersol. And then the Memorial, um, and then the 3M, and then WGC St. Jude. And then I want you guys to notice that we haven't set a major yet. So yeah. we yeah. still have yeah. quite a bit of golf to wait before a major. Yeah, I mean. And then we have and the And a Veracruz. lot of those tournaments are just kind of like, oh. Yeah. But they're only. But oh, we're going to love them so much. We'll know. Just to so have maybe. fucking sports. No, I, 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 I mean, because of that. And I, the fields might be a little better since. Yeah. I was going to say that. Um, yeah, so it's going to be because everyone's going to play them because they need to get their yeah, their, points. their money and yeah. they're going to be stacked again. So I don't think they're going to be. It's going to uh, be the events. best John Deere ca- Classic field oh, ever. Man. How many returning <laughs> champions are we going to have? <laughs> I don't know. But we do know Zach Johnson will be there. And yeah, so thank God. Most likely. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the St. Jude and then. The Barracuda, and then the PGA Championship will happen August 6th to the 9th. As of right now, at TPC Harding Park still. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to go much further beyond that. Yeah, but that's fine. Three more uh, in four, three events after that will be the Tour Championship. I would imagine we'll do a pod for the Memorial for sure. Um, uh, that's definitely still a ways out. I think like a month and a half out, it sounded like. Um but yeah, we'll try to get one in there before then, and we'll just see how it goes um, with these trying times. Yeah, I mean, we've got... We had to get a, these trying times in on the pod. We didn't have one yeah. of those yet, so I'm glad you got that in there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> During these uncertain times and these times that you can't be certain of, <laughs> and of these times that you just really... Where everything's just fluid, and we don't really know exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> we all just need to stick together. Yep. Make sure to wear your fucking mask. Wash your damn hands. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, appreciate you guys listening. And, uh, yeah, this was Out of the Rough Golf. uh, Glad to be back. Yeah, we'll be back hopefully in a couple weeks or something. Adios. Cheers. All right, peace.